All right, hello, welcome everybody to the year that was dot 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 1997. I'm your host Aaron Maxson, along with my brother Nate. Hello, everybody. Uh, usually, we'd be joined by uh, Mr. Archie Mitchell, but he's he's kind of incapacitated right now. We're hoping he kicks out soon. Um, so, Archie, if you do end up listening to this, get better, but get better, buddy. And I hope everybody, all five of you, listen and feel the same way. Yes, I talked to Archie today, and it sounds like he will be going home in a few days, and the prognosis is not terrible, um, and we'll let him tell you what the situation is on his own. Obviously, it's his own personal life, but again, like I said, it sounds like he's going to be getting to go home in a few days, and whenever you get to go home, that's a good that's a good um, indicator. Yeah, not going to put his business out there, but just saying no. he's needing thoughts. I don't, yes. say, I don't say prayers. That won't Me get neither. You. That won't get you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, as we discussed last week was WrestleMania 13. I think anybody that's listening to this show knows the score on WrestleMania 13, so I don't think we need to go back and um, go over the results of that. But it was a kick-ass WrestleMania, raucous crowd. Main thing is Undertaker's your new... WWF heavyweight champion and Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was basically Steve Austin's coming out party at WrestleMania 13. Yes. Awesome WrestleMania. I think it's underrated. I've actually heard people say they didn't like WrestleMania 13. I'm like, what the fuck? What did you watch? Yeah, well, I don't know what you watched. But you anyway. Uncensored. Yeah, I don't know. But we're out of Chicago and we're going right over to Rockford. I'm not sure the time it i'm sure it's probably only like an hour hour and a half i'm not sure but anyway we're in we're in rockford illinois for uh, for Rolla's war um this is this is a good raw but like i want to tell people when i read this to you guys if you're a modern fan you're not you're gonna be like well that seems like kind of an underwhelming raw for after wrestlemania this is this is pre raw after WrestleMania stuff, you know yes, I mean? yes, the, the it, it it didn't you didn't get the uh, the what I want to say the major Raw after WrestleMania vibe until in the two thousands, yeah. Um, and I, it, I, I was I was say I'd even give it I'd even give it fourteen. Fourteen was kind of a big. Yeah, yeah, you're right. X Pac came back, and like that's what the, that's the that's what I was gonna put it on. But yeah, you're right. It didn't really ratch up until 2000. But this, like I said, this still is not a shit raw. This is actually really good. And and I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. But if you guys go back and watch the first year of Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania Nine is actually taped. It's not even live. Yeah. Like. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, um, like I said, we're in Rockford. Our commentating team is Vince McMahon, Jerry Lawler, and Jim Ross, and they let us know that now Mankind is the number one contender that's been announced. Uh, HBK is there. He's going to have some words. Psycho Sid's here. Bret Hart is going to have an interview, and The Undertaker is set to appear later on as the new champion. Um so that's what they're hyping. No matches or anything. I mean, there's matches on here, but there's no, like, this is the big match that's going to happen. Um, that's something that I miss that they did, a lot, especially a lot from, like, 
96 through um, after once the Attitude Era started. But like you'd come on after a pay-per-view like like this, the Undertaker just became the champion and it would just be like, and at the next pay-per-view, the Undertaker is going to face mankind. Like there was no, like you didn't have this big story set up for it. Now, granted you'd have an, you'd have some angles and stuff leading up to the match, but it was just like the board, the championship committee or something had just decided mankind was the number one contender. Yeah. And, and, and with mankind, you don't really need one. Like you can say, okay, mankind's the number one contender for this guy because he's the guy that has been going toe to toe with the undertaker before he became the champ. Right. Right. Um, so all that's coming up plus some great matches and the opening contest is Owen and Davey defending the tag team championships against the headbangers who won that, that four way tag team match at the beginning of WrestleMania to get their shot. So here it is. Um, Owen and Bulldog are out and there's some notes on this match. One of the first notes I put is, um, and I might, I'll probably fuck up how you say it, but Royal Britannica, Britannica, I can never say it, which everybody thinks, any wrestling fan thinks that's, that's like the United Kingdom's national anthem. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Any American wrestling fan does. Yeah, right? like I, I wrote, at first I was like, oh man, like I thought it was, I don't know, I was like, oh no, it isn't. But anyway, that is, and I know we've talked about it before on the weekend and none of us mentioned it, but that's one of the coolest wrestling entrance themes. And I know it's not a wrestling entrance theme, but it's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Like this, it's like, it's almost like the um, pomp and circumstances for Randy or Hunter coming out to the, his, his, I never remember the name of that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's, it's a cool song. Um, or Flair. Yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey. I know that's not what it's called, but you know what I mean. Also anyway. Sriracha or something. <laughs> I just know it's 2001 Space Odyssey because the monkeys find that thing or whatever. The stick. <laughs> One monkey, no, it's a bone or something. One monkey kills the other monkey with a bone. <laughs> and they figure that shit out quick. It's a fucking kick-ass movie. Anyway. Um, so Owen and Bulldog are out. The headbangers are out. Um, Owen and Davey are kind of arguing a little bit. They're still a little mad at each other. Um, during the match, Owen get he's he's yelling at the people, and he's in the middle of the ring, he, he, like the middle of the apron. He gets bumped by Davey. He thinks Davey pushed him, and Owen's like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all of this. And he does it better than me because he's Owen, but he's just tired of it, and he leaves. And they go to commercial. And by the time we come back, Owen's back. So I'm assuming there was some kind of get the crowd going in the middle of it thing with like Earl Hebner saying if he doesn't come back, they're going to take the belts from him or whatever. And he had to come back. But they probably did some house show shit during the commercial. Um, and then during the match, um, it's going on some more. And um, it, it's they're all in the ring or whatever. Owen's legal, but Bulldog ends up coming in. The referee's distracted and he slams Thrasher and Owen's down. And um, Davey's going to go and pick up Owen and put him on Thrasher. But Owen takes it as Davey's attacking him. 
Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't think like he didn't see the body slam or whatever. He just knew he was down and Bulldog was on him. So he thinks he's attacking him. Um, and um, Davy, like him and Davy are kind of getting into it and Hebner's trying to get him settled down. Um, Davy pushes Earl down, which brings in the disqualification and then Owen pushes Davy, and then Davy leg dives Owen, and Jim Ross is just like, "Well, they're divorced now. Like, here's a divorce," and basically saying this is the the imploding of the team. So the Headbangers win by disqualification, and they're like dejected. They're just in there, but they're just standing there like, "What the fuck?" Like their whole thing got screwed, right? Um, and I'll go through, like I said, I'll go through this show. And if you got anything you want to interject, that's cool. Um, after that match, or after that pull apart, Owen's still mad. Davey's still mad. Um, and Owen ends up challenging Davey for a shot at the European Championship, which Davey accepts. So next week, it's going to be Owen and the Bulldog for the United for the United States, for the European Championship. And JR and Vince are just... Um, totally putting over that this is the this is the end of the team. Like they don't even know what's going to happen with the tag team titles because these guys are done. No spoiler for anybody that knows what's going on. Most of any like you said, anybody that listens to the show knows how cool is it that this is the beginning of the seed being planted for the Heart Foundation. Yes, um, it's going to be coming up uh, next week obviously but yes it's 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 breaking up Davy and Owen to show how manipulative Brett actually is yes it's coming, up, it's coming down the line it's um, all coming down it's all coming down then we get an interview with mankind in the boiler room and they think he's going to be happy about being the number one contender but he's upset and dejected because Uncle Paul is gone he can't find Uncle Paul where have you gone Uncle Paul where are you? He's totally upset and freaking out. And the commentators are like, what the fuck? <laughs> this guy <laughs> is insane. So, <clears throat> um, they, the, like the commentators don't know if they mean like he can't find him or Paul's just like, they, they don't know what's going on with Paul bear. Um, uh, the next thing is we're going to mention that, uh, this segment of the year that was is sponsored by Selsum Blue, <laughs> number one Andruff shampoo, and Jerry Lawler says I use it all the time. And we're also sponsored by Discovery Zone, the perfect place for kids to run, climb, swim, swing, draw, and have a ball. Discovery, Discovery Zone, another company I don't think is in existence now. No. We did find out. We did find out an episode or two ago that Selsun Blue still exists. Yes, it's still. Which is funny. I thought it was funny after the fact when we were done recording that that we both work retail and in our stores there's probably Selsun Blue and we just don't even realize it. (laughs) Yeah, so that shit still exists. There's still five old dudes that buy it. (laughs) They're also buying Old Spice. Yes, and Dapper Dan. Brill cream, yeah. Dapper Dan, that's one of my, that's my one of my favorite bits from the from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he says like something like, "Is like, I got brill cream." And he's like, "I'm a Dapper Dan man, goddamn it!" I'm a Dapper Dan man, goddamn it! And that guy's like, "You won't be using that language in here, boy." <laughs> that is well, the Woolworths. <laughs> I think we just got banned from the Woolworths. Anyway, <laughs> he's great. I'm a Dapper Dan man, goddamn it! <laughs> And he, he really doesn't even say it aggressively. <laughs> He's like, I'm a Dapper Dan man, god damn it. <laughs> See, that's one of the best lines ever written in a movie. Anyway. Um, the next match is Bart Gunn taking on Triple H. Hunter Hearst Helmsley at this time. He's not tr- quite Triple H yet. Um, it's just two solid wrestlers having a match. Um Bret Hart um, appears on the Titan Tron during the match and is demanding an uninterrupted interview time. So basically what they were getting at was Bret's interview was like what he had to say was supposed to be told during this match. And he was like, I, I'm going to speak and I'm going to be the only, like basically he's going to be the only person on camera when he's right. He doesn't want other stuff going on. Um, so he's like, basically bullshit. Um, then they do a um, corner interview with Goldust, who's upset about Marlena because Marlena got beat up at WrestleMania by China. And during the match, China pulls down the ropes on Billy on Bart Gun, sorry, and gives him a body slam, which gets a huge pop from the crowd, and then tosses him into the ring post, throws him back in the ring. Triple H hits the pedigree one, two, three, and Triple H is victorious. So. That's that. Bart Gunn. You're still, you're still in. You're st- sorry. You're still in the in the. Um, what do I want to say? In the infancy of China, where you're trying to establish that she's a she's as much a threat as a man would be outside the ring in yes. helping Hunter. Yes, and uh, Bart Gunn showing that he's a bigger man than Ahmed Johnson because yep. he put the bitch over. So good for him. Um. So it was what it was. It was just a basic match to get China over, get the Bret Hart thing. And they just slammed a bunch of shit into, I shouldn't say shit. They slammed a bunch of stuff into like a five minute segment. That's what I'm talking about with wrestling. Like, like stuff would happen, like in, like you're talking about 93 on Raw. A lot of shit would happen. And it was an hour. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens on this show. It's two hours. Nothing happens on Raw now. It's, <laughs> it's three hours long. <laughs> like an hour's worth of stuff happened on this show. You could have done this in an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> like, I watched Raw a while back. I, actually, I watched the Raw after WrestleMania on Spectrum. I watched it on demand. Okay, watched the whole thing. Since it was on demand, there was no commercials. Guess how long the show was with no commercials? Two hours and five minutes. <laughs> well, and not to mention, like, I don't know if you saw this or not. Seth Rollins did an interview I forget which radio station it was leading up to Wrestle, you know, and the WrestleMania hype or whatever leading up to WrestleMania. And uh, they asked him about three hour Raw. And I think he's one of those guys in WWE now that is kind of bulletproof, you know? Yeah. Um, to the rules or like, anyway. Anyway, he spoke, he spoke candidly and he said, he thought, he said, he said, I think two hours is square for a wrestling show. It's the perfect time. Three hours is too much. And the best example he gave was, he's like, I 
in the past six months have had to have 20 pay-per-view caliber matches on weekly television. Roman never wrestles on TV because he doesn't need to because it's a two-hour show. So he can be the champion to come out, do a segment, and not have to wrestle because they don't have to put as many fucking matches on the show. You know what? And it makes perfect sense. He's like, Roman doesn't have to wrestle. (laughs) Anyway. So the next match is a uh, three-way lucha, uh, three a six-man lucha libre match. Um, I'm not knocking. I'm gonna say I'm not knocking the WWF, like the the Triple A lucha guys that the WWF brought in. But this is the one thing where it was like, yeah, you know, like WCW would try to like copy WWF or bring in WWF guys. Where I don't think Vince should have done this. No, it looked like a. It was like it was like Bush. It was like I don't want to say Bush League because they're not Bush League. It was like. It was like a poor man's lucha division yeah. when compared to what WCW had built. Yeah, I was like, eh, this doesn't work. Um, and like I said, I'm not knocking the guys because mm-hmm. the guys just it didn't. And I don't think they had the right. How do I want to say it? I don't think they had. I don't think Vince had the passion or whatever for it. I think it was just something they were doing and, because the other guys were doing. Yeah, and all it. also. They were, these guys were not presented, like WCW's luchadors were presented as WCW's luchadors. So they had their own stories. They had their own angles. These guys were just presented as the triple A guys wrestling on a WWF show. So they were just thrown out there. There was no reason for anybody to give a shit. There was no story. There was no angle. It was just like, here's this random six man Mexican match. And they don't even they don't even work for us, so don't even fucking worry about it. <laughs> so the match is El Mosco, which is the fly, hysteria, which is just hysteria, <laughs> and um, in, I'll butcher this, Embezo Negro, ne- Negro, which is the Black Abyss, and they're facing Venom, Supernova, and Discovery. Their team name is the Space Cadets. Was saying, um, I don't know why it cracked me up, but Vin- hearing Howard Finkel go, Venom, Supernova, Discovery, the Space Cadets, just made me laugh for some reason. <laughs> See, at first I thought he said Discovery, the Space Cadet. I was like, That's a stupid name. <laughs> but turns out all these guys together are just Space Cadets. Um, and during this, they try to interview Brett again, but he's pissed. Like, he's like, I'm not like, he's like, I'm not doing it like this. I'm not, I'm not doing my promo in the back is basically what he's getting at. Um, the space cadets end up winning when Nova pins the fly. And that's how that ends. Sounds as silly as it is. Um, (laughs) the next thing is Jim Ross does a sit down interview in an empty arena with Rocky Mayavea and Rocky Johnson. And basically Rocky's saying, you know, we had a deal. I was going to get in the business. This being Rocky John, Rocky Mayavea. I, we had a deal. I was going to get in the business. You're going to let me do my thing. You weren't going to get involved. And he's like, but well, you did at WrestleMania 13. And Rocky Johnson's like, I won't do it again, boy. I won't do it again. And 
they're all happy and it was a very good idea um doing this the way they did it if they would have done this in front of people it would have been it would have been bad like, yeah they would have ripped them apart <laughs> Um, so they did the old dusty roads and they did it in an empty arena. So it didn't get shit on. And it makes me think, cause I completely forgot about this interview even happening. Do you think, do you think that, that Rocky doing this little segment with his dad is the beginning of heel? I mean, I know it's not referenced back to, but he almost seems like kind of an ungrateful punk. A little you know, bit, like you, you told bit. me, you told me you'd let my do me, let me do my own thing, Dad. You know. Anyway, kinda. Um, is the writing on the wall? Is what I'm saying. Have they realized we need to turn this guy bad at some point? <laughs> I don't know if they've realized it yet. That's like, there's not a lot of things that Vince Russo gets a lot of credit for, and I'm not saying he should get all the credit for rock for the rock. Mm-hmm. He should get credit for the guy being like, they hate him. He's got to be bad. Right. Like, I guarantee he was the guy that said he needs to be a bad guy. Like, Vince McMahon was like, oh, we can get him over. We can get, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guarantee Vince Russo was the guy. I was like, oh, they fucking hate him. Just just go with it. But um, here they're trying to just play it off like Rocky wants to do his thing and Daddy Rock wants to help his boy. And he said, that's the last time. That's the last time I'll get involved. Um, and then the next match is, um, is flash funk versus the Brooklyn brawler. And the honky tonk man comes out for commentary because he said, he's very interested in flash funk as possibly being his protege. Um, and he's like, he could be the next honky tonk man. He could be my next charge. And I wrote, Black Honky Tonk Man would rule. (laughs) Black Honky Tonk Man. (laughs) And you know what his gimmick should be? Elvis stole everything from my people, so I'm stealing everything (laughs) back. (laughs) Like, Honky Tonk Man didn't even acknowledge knowing who Elvis was. Black honky tonk man should know exactly who he was. He should be like, next week, I'm going to introduce you people to Bo Diddley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is like, I, I was like, Black honky tonk man would be amazing. <laughs> he hit him with the hi 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 But anyway... Um, during this match, Honky's just talking about how much he likes Flash Funk, but he's still, he's still trying to find his next charge. And obviously fat Flash Funk beats the Brooklyn Brawler with the funky Flash Splash. That's the actual name of the move. <laughs> Vince that. came up with that. You know that Vince did. He- funky Flash Splash. It's the Funky letter- Flash Splash. We let her Bruce. One of them. But everything I love about Flash Funk, just hate the name of his fucking move. Um, Then they go to interview Ken Shamrock and um, on the Titan Tron, and it got better, but, but like this 97 Ken Shamrock is a fucking horrible promo. (laughs) 
he always sounds like a always, fucking moron. <laughs> he, yes, he always looks startled. Yeah, <laughs> like I have a, no idea what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I'm on camera. Yeah, <laughs> he's dressed like a goomba. It's like, what is going on? I'm not knocking goombas, but he looks like he's a fucking muscle for Tony Soprano. <laughs> Staple in somebody's face in the streets. We'll get to it as time goes on. I won't delve too much into it. Everybody knows that I am not. I I, I don't ever. I don't ever want to make it sound like I think Ken Shamrock sucked. All right. Sometimes you really can not be a fan, but still accept that the guy is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just Ronnie Garvin. Ronnie Garvin's fine. I'm just not a fan. Okay. Same with Shamrock. For some reason, I just was never terribly interested in him. But what I will say is he found his footing when he got to be a heel. Yeah. Because he's a much better heel than he is a baby face. Well, there's there's guys that people like and I look at it and I just like I don't see it. You know? Yeah. Like, um, but I'm not gonna knock their accomplishments or right. Whatever they did or like um uh, like Big John Stud. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care for Big John Stud. Like I've never seen him do anything that I was like, oh, that guy was great. Yeah, but I don't ever go, oh, Big John Stud sucked. It's just like I don't, I don't see it. Right. You know I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I am with Mike Shane Rotundo. I can understand why people might like Mike Rotundo, but I'm just like, eh, unless he's mm-hmm. IRS, I don't have any interest in Mike Rotundo. I don't want to see him. But he, I'm not yeah. gonna say, oh, Mike Rotunda sucked in the ring. He was a terrible wrestler. It's like, no, he's just boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 babyface Ken Shamrock was kind of boring. And here he was just all over the place with his fucking speech. It was just bad. <laughs> um, like Shamrock should have been like in the in this should have been in the type of situation that Rocky and. Daddy Rock were in. This should have been a pre-tape thing because he stumbled all over it, and they should have been like, "No, we got to do this again." And if they, yes. they, if this was a pre-tape and they let it go out, and this was the best they had. <laughs> Shame on them! <laughs> like you shouldn't even have done it. But the gist of the thing is that um, he was basically protecting Steve Austin. Like he was saying that Steve Austin was. Too, um, too amped up and too ready to win the match, so he wasn't thinking about his own safety. So he took Steve Austin's safety into his own hands. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be something. I'll just bring it up now, just letting everybody know. Steve isn't even on this show, and I didn't notice it till the end. I'm like, Steve wasn't even on it, and I actually think. It was a good idea not having it on it, mm-hmm. like because you've you've built anticipation to seeing Steve, and right, and and how much more realistic is it? You know, nowadays some guy goes through six tables and busts his head open and has a concussion or whatever, and the next night he's on Monday Night Raw or on Dynamite on Wednesday, yeah. whereas. And this, it really sells the fact that Austin got, you know, that with the blade job and everything, it really sells it that he's not there. Like, holy yeah. shit, Stone Cold's not here. He's he's at home, you know, 
men in his wounds or whatever. So I thought it was actually cool they left him off. Um, so Goomba Shamrock, Goomba Ken Shamrock, spelling <laughs> over his words. That's the end of Raw, and we're gonna move into the War Zone. And the War Zone is now Brett finally getting his. It opens with Brett finally getting his time. He's gonna be in the ring, and he's gonna get to be interviewed by Jim Ross. And it is exciting, and I'm like, yeah, smug <laughs> Bret Hart. Yeah. Finally getting smug Bret Hart. <laughs> Nobody, and they, I know you talk about like Bret, oh, Bret's heel, like Bret's heel, heel Bret is the best Bret. And it, in my opinion, it is. But the reason it is, is nobody in like, you know, like you said, Ric Flair, he was boisterous. And he talked about how, how great he was, you know, with the ladies and the 60 minute man and, mm-hmm. and, um, um, heel Hogan was great at just, um, being, ignore, pompous. being pompous and ignoring shit that happened, you know, like, like yeah. oh, that didn't, I didn't lose this thing. I don't know what you're talking about. You know he, what I mean? He didn't pin me. Yeah, yeah. Randy Savage. He was when he was a heel. He was like, you know, uh, I don't, know, I don't know how you just. He's insane. You know, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, but nobody sold smug like Brett. <laughs> yep. And, Holy, and the thing, I'm, I'm better than you. Yeah, and the thing is. Like we talk, like people say in wrestling, oh, oh, your character is an extension of what you are. It's like your, it's your care, it's your personality times ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know Bret Hart, never met the man, never will. But I think Bret Hart is in real life probably not as bad as this character, but Bret's kind of a smug person. Yeah, like he really believes I'm the best. All these other guys suck compared to me. Other than the guys that I like, other than my family, I'm, I'm the best. But anyway, that's the Brett we're about to get. Um, Jim Ross interview introduces Brett. It's funny because I got like the most notes on this thing as an interview. Um, Brett Hart comes out. Um, Brett says he's going to apologize to everyone in Europe and everyone around the world. Uh, but basically says the United States can eat a dick. Um, he's mad about that they're cheering Steve Austin and booing him. He said, um, this is just the words that he says. I'm just saying this. He says, HBK, he wasn't in a girly magazine. That was a gay magazine, and all of you know it. That's what he says. Um, Bret Hart says that American fans don't respect him. And they can kiss his ass. Then HBA, HBK um, comes out um, and gives basically he's like I'm um, I'm an open and he's like I'm open and free living. I don't hide anything. You know, I do mm-hmm. what I do. Um, he says Brett's fake. Um, he said that Austin didn't give up um, and. And he passed out because he's one tough son of a bitch. Because Brett's trying to say that he made Austin give up at WrestleMania, and and Steve's and Austin's or Sean's like, no, now you're even lying about that. Like he passed out. Like just say what. Right. what. Um, and then um, HBK says, um, 
basically says, Brett, if you want to go, then let's go. And Brett's kind of like, whatever. Now, you know, you're hurt. I'm not going to beat up a hurt guy. And then he goes, um, also, Brett, how did you even know I was in that girly magazine? Basically implying that Bret Hart was beaten off to Shawn Michaels' gay magazine. Um, Bret goes to leave. Shawn goes to leave because he sees that Bret's leaving. And Bret ends up attacking Shawn as he turns his back. And now that it was... I'm not just... The the description I'm giving it is injustice. But basically, Bret Hart's character waited till he knew Shawn wasn't even looking at him, made Sean think that he was leaving, and then attacked him. So Brett is full heel now because he's attacked a guy from behind. And I was going to say my thought on that, on this whole thing is back then I was, I was enthralled and, and I don't know, Brett and Sean in the ring together during this time when they would have face-to-faces or whatever, being this one or the one where Brett's in the wheelchair or whatever. Back then, it was just so intriguing. And I don't know what, and obviously it felt so real because it was real, but I don't know what felt more real, whether it was the NWO invasion or these segments with those two guys, you know? Like, it was just that real feeling of, man, something's happening here. Yeah, um, it's this because this is real. Uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Nash and Scott Hall, they were saying shit, but they were saying shit to just fuck with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't think they really hated, like, when they called them, like, the vanilla midgets and shit. I don't think they really hated Kev. I don't think they really hated Dean and Chris. And mm-hmm. you know, I think they were just fucking with people. These two just fucking hated each other. Um, But during the match, or during the segment, like I said, Brett attacks. HBK from behind and then ends up putting him in the figure four around the pole. Um, the one thing I did put in my notes too, like you were talking about these guys fucking hate each other. It's mm-hmm. mind blowing to me how much they hated each other. And they would like, they had a couple fights in like the locker room and shit, but never did you hear one of them go, Oh, he, he potatoed me in the ring or he did yeah. this. He did like, they never hurt each other in the ring. Um, yeah, they were always they were always professional in the ring. I mean, yeah. even Montreal, you yeah. know, when you would expect that that would have happened, like that whole brawl through the building and shit. Like both Sean mm-hmm. and Brett said, neither one of us, neither, like both of them said that that guy never took liberties with me in the ring. They'd attack me afterwards, you know. <laughs> but once you were in the ring, nope. And um, the other one that I think about when I think about that is. Um, a guy that actually probably could have flair never fucked up Eric. Yeah. Eric Bischoff <laughs> says that he's like, he's like all the shit I ever did to him. Every time we had a match, it was like, is that his hit couldn't break an egg, you know, mm-hmm. like it could, but he never dropped me on his head on my head. He never did anything like, I don't know. I just, it's like the most unprofessional professional, thing in the history of wrestling is Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Yeah, they would they would take vocal jabs. Yeah. Or be, try to beat the shit out of each other in the locker room. In the bathroom, yeah. That guy's willing to give you his body in the ring. You don't fuck it up. You know? Mm-hmm. You don't, don't do that. Um, but anyway, uh, 
uh, Brett has the figure four around the pole on um, Sean, but then Sid comes out and he's he's coming out to help because the referees can't get Sean or can't get Brett off of Sean. Minute Brett sees Sid, he he gets out of there. He's like, "Nope, I'm out." And th- <laughs> this is the com- WrestleMania kind of was, but this is the complete setup of Brett's a bad guy now. Brett's a yeah. heel. He attacked a guy from behind that's injured and then ran away from a guy that isn't. So Brett's a complete coward now. Smug coward Brett Hart. Here he is. Um, after that, we go to a break. We come back and Vince Lawler and Ross discuss the um, Bret Hart situation. And um, now Lawler's all about Brett. He's like, yeah, well, in the light. Brett knows what's up. Um, and just Vincent and Vincent Ross are just talking about how how um, dejected and upset they are with Brett. And Lawler's just like, hey, I'm coming around to the guy. You know, yeah, I kind of like him. He's all right. Yeah. Um, then we get an Intercontinental Championship match. It's going to be Rocky Maivea defending the Intercontinental Championship against Leaf Cassidy. And I have a feeling that I, Rock's never wrote a real book. That if you smell at the Rock is Cooking book, one of the worst wrestling books ever. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. He's never wrote a real book. One day I hope he does. And I have a feeling that you're going to hear that he did a lot of matches around the horn. With Al Snow. Yes. And now they're out here now. I, I bet he worked a lot with Al, Owen. I'm trying to think who else might. Lombardi, be. probably. Probably Lombardi. Yeah, those guys. I bet he worked a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out here now. Um, Bret Hart comes down to ringside, and he's going to um, – he's on commentary. He's bitching about everything. Uh, they're showing Shawn Michaels – He's getting helped to the back with his knee all bandaged up. Um, um, Brett is um, talking about his 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 changing mindset, however you want to say it. Um, and they're saying like like Ross and and Vince are like, "What's going on with you? Why are you doing this?" And Brett just said he's tired of it. And during this, uh, Rocky Maivia gets the cross body block on um Leaf Cassidy and pins him one, two, three, and they're just still just blasting Brett. And Brett says, um, you want to see bad? I'll show you wickedly bad. And then he gets in the ring and he attacks Rocky Maive and hurts his knee. So now he's attacked Rocky for no reason, other than the fact that he just wants to show Vincent Ross that he's I'm a true dick now. Look at me. I'm smug Bret Hart and I'm an asshole. And I've hurt two people's knees. You guys go eat an ass. You know? mm-hmm. So that's the end of that segment. Um, unless you got anything on that. It's, it it just, was. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say just that uh, something that I say ad nauseum on every show we do. Bret Hart's heel turn. I, I know people love the Hogan heel turn, but for me, Brett, for my money, Bret Hart's heel turn is the greatest oh. heel turn ever. And it's also kind of cool because they weren't in the same place very long, unfortunately, because we're in 97, so everybody knows it's going to happen. 
It's kind of cool to see Brett doing some shit with The Rock. Yeah. Even though he's not The Rock, you're just still like, you forget some of the, like, like it, unless you unless you had the network and you could go back and watch all this stuff or you had it, you wouldn't even think of The Rock having interaction with Bret Hart. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, the next thing up is Ahmed Johnson versus Savio Vega. Um, there's really um, nothing to the match. Um, Ahmed gets a spine buster, which brings down the Nation of Domination. Um, Farouk's not there because he's hurt from the street fight. Um, but he wins by disqualification. And then um, Ahmed Johnson goes to cut a promo. And I don't know if he said what he was supposed to say and nobody could understand it. Or if he just completely fucked it up. But he ends up challenging the Nation of Domination to like some sort of like gauntlet match or something, where if he loses, he'll leave the WWF. But you never understand what happens if he wins. <laughs> like he says, I beat y'all. Like, 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 I challenge the Nation of Domination. If I lose. Um, or if, if, if you, he says, if you win, I'll, I'll leave the WWF. But then he never says what happens if he wins. That's what it is. So like even Jim Ross is like, I I don't know what that was. Like, I don't know what Ahmed wants, but if he loses, he's going to leave. Like he doesn't even, like, I think he was supposed to get in that if he wins, they have to disband. They have to disband. Yeah. Cause that winds up being the stipulation. He didn't mention it on this thing though. <laughs> so he sounds like an idiot. He just sounds like a guy that's like, if I if I can't beat you guys, I'll just leave. Well, what happens if we win? Nothing. Uh, what happens if you win? I, I don't know. <laughs> like it was the one, one of the most confused. Like all of the kind, like Ross and Vince and Lawler were just like, okay, uh, there you go. <laughs> that happened, and it was just. It, it, it's hard to explain. You kind of got to see it to understand how confusing it was. Like after I was like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> then Paul bear finally shows up and he's upset and they're asking him why he's upset. And he's doing his fat Southern man, upset Paul bear. And um, he says, you know who I am. And you know who I want to talk to McMahon. Like being awesome, Paul Bearer, like <laughs> a commercial. And then Vince McMahon is going to introduce The Undertaker, and Vince McMahon fucks up. This is what he says Will you help me welcome me? That's what he says. <laughs> Will you help me welcome me? And then he put this is how, I'll try to, uh, I'm not going to do a Vince voice. I'm Vince McMahon. He goes, will you help me welcome me? When he pauses. <laughs> so funny. Like, I guarantee there's three people that made fun of him. <laughs> probably his own kid. Shane probably made fun of him. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard would get away with making fun of him. 
And if Fred Blassie was there, maybe Fred Blassie. <laughs> Everybody else is probably like, would pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> so this is what Vince does. Will you help me welcome me? Here comes the Undertaker. <laughs> He's like, fuck it. <laughs> he just pauses, doesn't try to reset. He just goes, will you help me welcome me? Here comes the Undertaker. <laughs> when the Undertaker comes out. And he's like doing the, um, you know, um, creatures of the night thing. Like, I love the creatures of the night. We're the chant now. The dark side era has begun. All this Undertaker stuff is all cool. You know, mm-hmm. dude never did anything that wasn't cool. Even me, Mark Callis, is fucking cool. Anyway, he's cutting his Undertaker stuff. And then Paul Bearer comes out. And he's asking the Undertaker to listen to him for a minute. And as he's talking to the Undertaker about wanting, basically wanting to come back to the dark side, Mankind appears on the Titan Tron, and he's begging Paul Bearer to come back. And they're both talking at the same time over each other. Yes, I remember this now. I remember this being a total fucking wreck. (laughs) and And it's chaotic. And this is before the era of Raw being gangbusters on the USA and letting them go over. Now, when I say go over, I mean like... like Go over time. Yeah, you have 10 extra minutes or whatever. So this is is happening, and then it's just like, goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. And it just ends, so you don't even see what the fuck happened. (laughs) Like, Like, they cut it out, like, in the middle of this chaotic mankind cutting a promo at the same time Paul Bear's cutting a promo, and that's just how it ends. Yeah, it's like an <laughs> mid south. <laughs> We're out of time, everybody. Yeah, tell you what happened last next week. Goodbye. <laughs> and just, oh, it's like nothing happened. Like that's how, that's how the raw after WrestleMania goes off the air. <laughs> I was like, this is the damnedest thing I've ever seen, and they had no conclusion whatsoever. <laughs> And that's Monday Night Raw, Raw is War, the night after WrestleMania 13. Other than that segment, which somebody, I don't know, somebody went long on that. Somebody went mm-hmm. long. I, I have a feeling, honestly, I have a feeling that Sean and Brett probably more than likely got away from themselves and shit got a little real verbally, and they probably went a little. Went a little too far into their business, probably. And mm-hmm. that's why this thing got cut short. And I feel kind of bad for Taker. His, his whole raw debut as the champ. As the Vince, champ, yeah. Vince, here comes the Undertaker. Vince fucked it up, and then it got ended early. But other than that, I thought this was a pretty entertaining episode of Raw is War. Solid Raw, and like you said, throughout the show, they establish this is a new Bret Hart, folks. Yes. Yes. And other, if you don't have anything else on that, nope. we can roll into Nitro if you're ready for that. I am. All right. We're going to roll into WCW Monday Nitro, March 3rd. Or March 3rd. I keep saying March 3rd. I'm used to saying March 3rd because that's my birthday, people. So <laughs> everything, I shouldn't say this on everything, but my password has something to do with my birthday on everything. I just remember it. Anyway. March 24th, 1997, Duluth, Minnesota. That's where we're at for this. 
Um, a hotbed. Of professionals. Yes. <laughs> Both companies are in a place that's butt-ass cold right now. <laughs> it's March. One's in Illinois. The other one's in Duluth. This place famous for fucking underwear. You know what they make? I don't know. <laughs> well, that, that Duluth company. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the people that make the underwear for the guys that fucking work hard. It's like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say you're correct because I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Like, do you have stanky balls? Do you want good underwear, Duluth? <laughs> Guess you don't work hard. I've thought about <laughs> like my balls stank every day when I get home. <laughs> Like, I might not even take a whole shower, but I wash my tank because it's rough. <laughs> if I had them loose underwear, I'd be all right. <laughs> They're like 20 bucks a pair. Anyway, I'll send you a link. <laughs> anyway, um, we open up this Monday Nitro with a recap of um, Randy Savage saying that he'll fight DDP, but then he's like, uh-uh, not tonight on that last Nitro we just wa- we watched the other week, and he runs away. He doesn't run away, but he leaves. Um, then they show that Larry the Axe Henning, he's in attendance. There he is. Captain um, Kangaroo. Yes. Seems I wouldn't call him that to his... Well, he's dead now, but... <laughs> even before, like... The day that man died, he could probably still kick my ass. Yep. Like, I wish, and I don't think there's any at all, but I wish I could find footage of Larry the Axe Henning and Harley Race as a tag team. Yeah, I've never been able to find any. Can you imagine being two guys showing up to the building? You, you drove there. You know, you get to the building, you've gone through the snow in some car from, like, the 60s. You've smoked three packs of cigarettes. You finally get there. You're like, whew, we about died on Moose Ridge Ridge Road. Almost died. And you get there. You're going to get paid 15 bucks, probably. And you look at the fucking paper, and you're like, oh, tonight you're fighting Larry the Axe Henning and Harley Race. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like people said they'd read that they're fighting the Road Warriors and they'd turn yeah. around and leave. That's what I would do. Like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> it's like, they're just going to hurt you on purpose. Like, I want to say hurt you on purpose, but just hurt you. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> want anything to do with that. Anyway. So Larry the Axe Henning's there. Um, in case you guys don't know, this is when WCW was pushing hard, hard to get Kurt to sign. Like they they've been trying to sign Kurt. Like if you don't know your WCW history, they've been trying to sign Kurt since '94. Yeah, like really try. Like like the whole people can tell me if I'm wrong, but I honestly think that they had all the intentions in the world for the mask guy to be Kurt Hennig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen that a number of times that. The big theory is that it was supposed to be Hogan and Mr. Well, not Mr. Perfect, obviously, but Hogan and Kurt Henning at Starcade 94. That was the intent. And then they're especially trying to sign him. 
they're especially trying to sign him hardcore since he left the WWF in late '96. Yeah, but Kurt was looking at all that Lloyd's of London money. He's like, yeah, I gotta wait a little bit on that. <laughs> shit, it's what kept Brood out of the business too. Mm-hmm. Lloyd's of London and 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 Animal. Like once yeah. that once that policy ran out, and they oh my back's better. <laughs> but anyway, um, the opening match is um. <clears throat> Dean Malenko defending the United States Championship against um, Conan. Uh, there's an interview in the corner about uh, Six Pac talking about Malenko and um, and Guerrero and how Guerrero's done a couple things, you know, that have kind of fucked over Malenko a couple times. And X Pac is um, hinting that Eddie is in cahoots with the NWO and is possibly going to be joining the NWO. And then in commentary, Tony is also stating that, you know, we talked about last week when Arn cut the promo about needing to get surgery. Um, they mentioned that Arn got attacked in a hotel, in a hotel room last week. They don't know who attacked him, but he was found in the hallway. Um, what I think this is, is I honestly think they thought Arn was just going to have his surgery. It was going to be out a couple months and then he was going to be back. Yeah. I think he went in there and they were like, you're done. So they're using this extra attack thing as the reason that Arn's not going to get back in the ring. Mm-hmm. It's also insane how young Arn was when that happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> always, he always looked old and I'm not knocking him. You know what I mean? But Arn Anderson always looked like he was 40, but then when he got hurt, he actually was 40. So yeah. <laughs> like you don't think about Arn Anderson's career being cut short. Right. Like, what? Like a 10 or 12 year career. Mm-hmm. It's, insane. Yeah. it's insane. But anyway, uh, Dean ends up just winning with a Texas Cloverleaf and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good match. For what it was, um, then Mean Gene interviews Dean Malenko on the ramp. On the ramp, he seems to think that Six and Guerrero are together, and then he needs to. He mentions that he can't worry about those fucking guys though, because he has to focus on his um, pay per view match coming up, Spring Stampede against Chris Benoit. And he talks about how he he thinks Chris Benoit will be a quality opponent. He's basically talking about how he's looking forward to having a a straight up match and not all this fucking chicanery with. Right. Um, and obviously we're going to get there, but obviously, you know, it's going to be a great, like D Malenko and Chris Benoit aren't going to have a bad match. And I just watched it a couple days ago and it's fantastic, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco mm-hmm. discuss Randy Savage wanting to face Prince Iakea for the TV championship. This is selling over the fact that it uncensored the NWO won that fucking stupid triple threat thing. And now they can challenge for whatever titles they want, whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And they're putting over that uh, Savage doesn't even really want. It's stupid how they're saying it. Because they're kind of shitting on their own belt. I understand yeah. what they're trying to say, but they're kind of shitting on their own belt. They're saying Savage doesn't even want the TV championship. He just wants to take it from WCW. He doesn't even really care about it. It's like, well, you're shitting on your own belt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and and they, they, they shit on that title so much. They, yeah. they, 
Like from 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 ninety from ninety seven to two thousand, they devalued that title so much that you know it's kind of a shame with all the great talent that held it. And yeah, yeah. but this was just I don't know. Um, anyway, um, they could have even just said something like, like just lie, like just lie, and be like, oh. Uh, DDP was a fixture at the part at the power plant. Like that's not a lie. They've talked mm-hmm. about it before. Prince Iakea was trained at the power plant. Make up some fucking lie and say that DDP and like saw something in Prince Iakea and really took him under his wing. And right. That's the reason that he wants to kick the shit out of Prince Iakea tonight because he's DDP's buddy. You know, something like that. But they're just like he doesn't really want it. He just wants to take it. And yeah. Anyway. Is lazy, shit on their belt. Then they recap uh, Glacier and Mortis from Uncensored, which is also the debut of Wrath. So that's going to tell you guys just a little insight of why we didn't review Uncensored 1997. <laughs> it was I called an audible and said we're not going to talk about this. Then Mortis comes out with James Vandenberg, and um. I don't want to say this. He's fighting Jerry Flynn. And I put, this is not a terrible match. And the reason I put that is because it's not two terrible guys. Like Jerry Flynn was actually a capable wrestler. Was he Mm -hmm. ever going to be the world champion? No. Was he ever going to be the TV champion? No. But Jerry Flynn wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Mortis, was that kind of a stupid gimmick? Yes. It was a terrible, stupid gimmick. But the guy in it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So the match itself is really good. It's just, it, it's what we say all the time about things, just crap booking. Like, why couldn't he have just been Chris Canyon and been with James Vandenberg? Right. Because <laughs> then they even let him talk. And then Mortis talks like like Chris Canyon. And I'm not <laughs> knocking how Chris Canyon talks, but Mortis, Chris Canyon can talk like that. Mortis wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason that they distorted Kevin Kelly's voice when he played Nails. Because he looked like he should be Nails. Yeah, but you don't want to be like, how are you, boss man? Hey, yeah, boss, hey, boss man. I'm hey, gonna boss man. You. I'm, I'm going to gonna... get you, boss man. <laughs> the reason they distorted his fucking voice. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to lay out, boss man. You bet you sure. Bet you sure, gee golly. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking nails talks like William H Macy and Fargo. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, oh gosh. My favorite. Uh, oh jeez. My favorite jokes in Fargo. So you were making out with the funny looking one, huh? Yeah, I was making out with the funny looking one. <laughs> you know, funny looking. Yeah, funny looking. Goddamn movie. That fucking fat kid that's like looking <laughs> yeah. when the dog goes, they shot the cop. He's got that look on his face like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that fucking fat kid's face is always in my mind. I think that <laughs> oh, so funny. Anyway, is that the second Coen Brothers reference we made? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> See if we can get a raising Arizona in here. 
I will give you my raising Arizona. I was watching a WCW Saturday night the other day, and Super Invader Hercules came. Out. <laughs> boy, you got a panty yeah, on your head. He's like, he's like, God, I was like, boy, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> anyway, like, why wasn't he just Hercules Hernandez? I don't understand sometimes. <laughs> shit. When they brought in Warlord and Barbarian, and they were like, oh, we're going to make you the super assassins. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why can't we just be the powers of pain? I know you, maybe we can't be the powers of pain. But why can't we just be Barbarian and Warlord? Anyway, I don't get it. Anyway, uh, Mortis ends up getting a low blow and a super kick on, Jane, on James Vandenberg, on Jerry Flynn. And hits the flatliner for the victory. Like I said, Mortis, the wrestler, cool. The gimmick, not. Wrath sucked, though. <laughs> Brian Clark's butt. Um, the next match is La Parca versus um, Juventud Guerrera. Um, then... Um, LaParka comes out and he's got like an elaborate outfit on, like an elaborate, like to the point he comes out that Tony Schiavone's like, oh my, whoa, I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. You know, like it's a, it's a legit reaction. And, and this is the first time LaParka starts doing the, I know he did it in Mexico, but this is the first time he starts doing it on Nitro. Like he's strutting around, he's wooing, he's dancing and everything to the point where Zabisco's like, is that LaParka or is that Ric Flair in there? Like, like why is Ric Flair dressed like LaParka? And he's dancing and doing everything. This, I think, is honestly, I think somebody, I could be wrong, but I think somebody in WCW on the creative, whether it was Bischoff, Sullivan, Terry Taylor, I think somebody finally saw his shit from Mexico or something and was like, yeah, this dude's fucking cool. Yeah, turn it up a notch. Yeah, because he's like one of the four guys that came there that WCW made, oh, like you said, almost made like a WCW guy. Mm -hmm. It was like Ray, Uvi, LaParka, and who was the other guy I was thinking of? Psychosis? Yeah, Psychosis. Like, those were the four guys that were like, these guys um more than anybody else, kind of um, transcendent American wrestling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I think somebody finally was like, yeah, let's do something with this LaParka. And plus he's big, like he's a bigger guy. Yeah. So it worked. Um, but anyway, um, LaParka ends up winning this match with what Tony Schiavone calls a swinging body attack. It sounds like a video game. <laughs> So he had no idea what to call. I don't know what it was either, but he was just like a swinging body attack. I'm like, that's when we need Mike. Where was Mike? <laughs> he wouldn't know who I was. Um, then we get a recap of um, the Steiner Brothers, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall situation. Like all this shit that's been going on. Um, like their sold out victory where Randy Anderson made the count, Bischoff was re- reversing the decision. Um, uh, him firing Randy Anderson, Jay, uh, Jason Hervey. I said Jason Hervey. 
Uh, Dr. Harvey Schiller suspending him. They they meant this is where it's funny. They mentioned the car incident, but they didn't show it. I've gone down the record of saying they say it's the most they say it's one of the most despicable things that's ever happened in wrestling, but I don't think they realized when they played it, when they shot it, how fucking funny it was. <laughs> the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Them running them off the road and just being like, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> this is bad. This yeah, this is bad. bad. Let's go, guys. Uh, every time I see that car thing, I just laugh. <laughs> I, I shouldn't, but it's so funny. Anyway. Um, and then they show the uncensored. Basically, all of this is leading up to these guys, these two teams fighting at Spring Stampede. And watching it, you know, you don't you don't think about it in real time or whatever. But the um, Steiner's un, an Outsiders feud was actually pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. The car thing was ridiculous, but these two teams, I, I think they worked well together, and they did have a long. It's like I forgot how long these two fucking teams feuded. Yeah. Well, and obvi- obviously, I mean, it, they're all friends. Yeah. That's something I think that people forget sometimes is that the, these these four guys were all like actually really buddies, you know, because they all worked together. They all worked together during the the tumultuous times in WCW and like ninety one, ninety two, you know, ninety three. Yeah, Rick got helped get Kevin Nash gone. Like he helped yeah. him in the like Sean said he called Rick and he was like, "Hey, do you know anything about this Vinny Vegas guy?" He's like, "He's down the hall." I'll go get him for you. <laughs> Funny motherfucker down here. You know, and that's some, some people don't think about too, is that Sean was disliked by a lot of people, but it was towards the, his, his pill time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Before that, like he was friends with like the nasty boys. And, and it's just funny. Cause like Sean's friends with a lot of guys who's, who are in guys that he doesn't like's click. Yeah. Like that's always just a crazy thing in wrestling. Like Brett, like Brett and Kevin Nash, you never really hear about them hating each other. Brett and Scott Hall, you never really hear anything about them hating each other. Mm-hmm. Sean Wallman puts Brett over every chance he gets. But Sean and Brett hate each other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sean Michaels, buddies with the nasty boys. Well, for what everything I understand, Sean and Owen got along really good. Yeah, Sean and Owen got along. You know, um, it's just like, but like, like Sean hates Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan hates Sean Michaels. But Sean's buddies with the Nasty Boys, and buddy. But anyway, we're getting into the weeds on that. But um, like I said, the the outsiders did business with these guys because, like you said, they they all liked each other, and um. Also, another reason they probably did business with him, too, is I think Kevin Nash could be like, I probably can't fuck with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rick Steiner is a little fireplug compared to me, but he could probably smash wherever he wants to put him. <laughs> so, why fuck with him? So, anyway, uh, we get into that. They show all that. Then the Steiner brothers, they cut a they got a typical crazy Steiner Brothers promo about coming up at Spring Stampede with me and Gene, and then they leave. Um, the next match I know you would love. Um, it's the Public Enemy versus High Voltage. 
the match is going on. Uh, Ronnie Rage gets put through a table by Rocco Rock. And then uh, Jeff Jarrett comes out during the match. Like Mongo's not with him. It's just <clears throat> Jarrett, Jarrett and Deborah. And they hit uh, Johnny Grudge with the, the Halliburton. And High Voltage ends up getting the win. And there and, and Jarrett and Deborah are leaving. And then Mongo comes out and he's mad. He's upset. Of course he is. And he's like, I feel like I'm being set up here. I'm like, I don't understand why he feels like he's being set up. <laughs> and and I, I, I don't understand it. And they try to say, well, maybe, maybe the public enemy is going to see the Halliburton and think that Mongo hit him. It's like, well, the Halliburton's not even in the ring anymore. I, I, I don't understand what this is. It's dumb. Like, whatever this is, is dumb. And this is, like, the first time I've ever watched anything involving Jeff Jarrett, and I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Jeff Jarrett because he's stuck with Mongo and the public enemy. It's like, sorry. Stuck, in, stuck in the mud. <laughs> I feel bad for Jeff Jarrett. So that thing is a debacle. And then Mean Gene interviews Lex Luger and the Giant about their Four Corners match coming up. Um, and it'll be for the number one contender. The number one contendership as they're facing. It'll be Lex Luger versus the Giant versus Booker T versus Stevie Ray. And Luger's basically talking about how he doesn't want to face Lex Luger because of their friendship. But he'll do what he has to do. And Luger says he'll do what he has to do too. And after the match, no matter what, they'll still be besties. And the really boring. It is boring, and I and I I've mentioned this before. I find Lex Luger and the Giant together boring, but they are also fucking over. Like yeah. the WCW audience was fucking digging them. So who am I? You know what I mean? If they're yeah. selling. Shirts and the people are going crazy for him. Go for it. I don't see it. It's kind of like what we were just saying before. I don't see it, but other people like it. Go with it. Um, we're not too much further into this thing. Um, Super Kalo, then Super Kalo, then comes out and he's facing um, Psychosis. Um, and then Sonny Ono is going to cut a little corner promo because Rey Mysterio is going to be facing um, um, Ultimo Dragon at Spring Stampede. And he's going to kind of, for some reason, they put a promo about Rey, Sonny Ono and Rey Mysterio in the middle of this match. Um, and Sonny Ono says that Rey Mysterio is stunted mentally and physically. He's little. He's little. Rey Mysterio is little. But he also, in this thing, says that he's mentally stunted. And Rey's like, okay. <laughs> um, Psychosis ends up winning this match with his top rope um, leg drop. They haven't been, they haven't called it the guillotine yet. It's still just a top rope leg drop. Um, Tony Schiavone is then joined by Mike Tanay and Bobby Heenan. So... That's going on. Um, Hugh Morris comes out. And like I said, if you got anything you got to interject, you can interject. Um, Hugh Morris comes out 
Um, and he's going to face Chris Benoit. Hugh Morris has uh, Jimmy Hart with him. Um, the match is going on. Benoit's getting the upper hand. He goes to uh, hit his flying headbutt off the top rope. Jimmy Hart and Conan get involved. Benoit falls, lands on the ground. Hugh Morris hits no laughing matter and gets the one, two, three on Chris Benoit. Bill DeMott and Chris Benoit. That's a cool match. It is a cool match. And I was not, ex- I don't remember this match, but I was not expecting Hugh Morris to win that match. And nobody <laughs> in the audience was either. They were like, what? Um, but then Kevin Sullivan returns. He's got the DOD with him. Um, they attack Chris Benoit. Um, which brings out Dean Malenko because he's going to try to help Chris Benoit because this is his opponent, but he respects him. And then um, Ric Flair shows up, and it's crazy time. People are losing their shit because this is the first time Rick's gotten, and the commentators do a good job of mentioning it. Rick had had some surgery. So, like, you know, because, like, they were going over with how Mongo and um, Jarrett were the only active horsemen or whatever. Basically, they're putting over, this is the first time that Flair's been active in some kind of situation in like three or four months. Mm-hmm. Flair's back at it. And he ends up uh, Bill DeMott and Conan bump like fucking Super Balls for Ric Flair, because why wouldn't they? Right. And he runs them out. Um, and then Benoit does the whole, I know you helped me, but I'm s- skeptical of your involvement with Dean Malenko, and Dean just kind of leaves. Um... Then the next match, like I said, this is the this is the second hour of Nitro. The second hour of Nitro is very rapid paced. Like, mm-hmm. like they just they're in it to get it, and let's just get in there, get our big fit, bigger bit, get our bigger names out there, and be done with it. Um, the Faces of Fear versus Harlem Heat. Ming ends up bumping into Sherry, which allows Booker to get a sidekick, and the one two three Harlem Heat over the Faces of Fear. It was one of their basic matches. Um, mean Gene then introduces uh, Chris Benoit and Ric Flair. Um, Chris Benoit is um, adamant that he knows Kevin Sullivan attacked Arn Anderson in the hotel, even though Kevin Sullivan is apparently going around telling everybody he didn't do it. Um, and then Flair once again puts Hot Rod on blast about not being hot rod anymore and wanting to hang with his family. Um, I think he's implying that hot rod, basically he's implying that hot rod has a limp dick and doesn't do coke anymore. (laughs) And he's mad about it. That's the implications of hot rod. And then Malina Hasoko, I I always fuck her name up. Chad, will be mad because that's his. Malia Hasaka. Yes. Uh, versus Medusa. Medusa won that match. It was just a thing. Um, then we get Lee Marshall with the road report. He's in Roanoke. Um, they're, they're, there's some kind of tournament of something parade there in Roanoke. So he makes a joke that there's uh, no tournament of weasels parade. Boo. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. I can't even react to that one. Yeah. 
like get out or stay in Roanoke. Like he just what I like <laughs> I was just done with Lee Marshall. Um mm. speaking of Bobby, and I won't get us in the weeds. But I'm watching Primetime eighty seven. You know, Bobby's got the the neck the neck brace. Yeah. You know. Because Ken Patera hurt him or whatever. And Gorilla Monsoon keeps challenging him to prove that he's injured. So Bobby produces <laughs> x-rays, right? So the first x-ray in the envelope is like an x-ray of a chest. Like, <laughs> Gorilla's not, like, it's not even your neck. What, it, this isn't even of a neck. And Bobby's like, well, they got to check, you know, to see if the... I mean, yeah, the vertebrae are hurt, but they got to check to see if the ribs are compressed and blah, 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 blah. So that's probably why that's in there. But the, funny, <laughs> the funniest thing is he's like, all right, there's one more x-ray in here, Bobby. Hopefully this is, we're going to prove about the neck injury. And he takes out, it's, a, it's an x-ray of a foot. <laughs> and, then, and then for the next 45 minutes, every time they're on, Gorilla Monsoon's just like, I don't understand. Why do we have an x-ray of a foot in here? And Bobby's like, well, you know, hospitals make mistakes. And shit. <laughs> you have to see it. So from the distance, I, I remember this it. running, this running gag about there's it. an X-ray of a foot. <laughs> I'm in '89 now. I'm almost to the end of all the like having their full year. But yeah, it's like it's the furthest thing away you get from the neck. <laughs> well, but... <laughs> so fucking funny. Anyway, sorry. It's just <laughs> I'm telling you, I know people shit on it. But the old primetime WWF humor, I love it. Me too. I know it's camp and I know it's ridiculous, but you just got to watch it for what it is. When they fucking put the goddamn electros or whatever to fucking George the Animal stealing. <laughs> How no. <laughs> like, goddamn, that's so funny. Does he get a look on his face? How now, Brown? <laughs> Cow. <laughs> <laughs> when they just throw the goddamn mailbag at Alfred, mm-hmm. just hit him. <laughs> Those guys were so fucking funny. People shit on it, but like oh, you Alfred, know, what one of the best Alfred to wear them them too big for him, fluffy for like frilly suits. suits. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you know, so- one of the funniest things ever, ever. On WWF television is Gene Okerlund and Lord Alfred watching Morocco and Fuji do stand up. Yeah, L- Okerlund fucking loses it. <laughs> he fucking that's, that's, loses it. That was Morocco and Fuji's thing. Yeah, like I, I don't want to say thing. That's those two guys. I guarantee you were behind that curtain, and they were like, "Let's just try to make these fuckers laugh on TV." <laughs> Let's talk about some tropical stuff. (laughs) I mean, topical stuff. I flew in from Los Angeles today. Boy, my my arms are tired. Like, people shit on it. Like, they shit on that stuff. And they're like, oh, they made Morocco so stupid. It's like, no. It's so funny. It was the genius of it. That this guy, like... I don't know. It, it it could be a whole different show. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah, I know. No, I'm saying. I'm I'm saying like I could have a whole show on like, like how funny it is that these two guys thought that they were comedians and actors, like Fuji Vice, 
Fuji General. <laughs> Fuji Bandito. <laughs> Fuji Bandito. <laughs> oh man, but that shit fucking Okerlund, like that's like it's it's the most unprofessional they ever look let him look on television. Yeah. I know you can I know you can go on YouTube now and find the outtakes from the interview segments and stuff, but they just left it there. Like they yeah. were like, you know what? Him busting up to this is so funny, and <laughs> we're leaving it in. Yeah, and it's just it's good shit. It was it was four guys who love each other trying to make each other laugh. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> and and that's just what it is. And I I, I think that sh- I think that era of the WWF gets shit on too much by by fucking snobs. Like, I agree. Snob. Like I love, but- you know what I mean. We're going back and watching like Mid South and shit like that. I love mm-hmm. watching it, but I also like to sit down and just for two hours just laugh my ass be, off. Yeah, be entertained. This is ridiculous. The Iron Sheik was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it was fucking great. Jin Min chicken and just kills it. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> The next thing is not funny. <laughs> it's horrible because it's the Renegade versus Purple and Gold Jim Duggan. Oof. Yes. And they're trying to get over that the Renegade is trying to turn heel. Nobody cares. And then Jim and Jim Duggan uh, grabs in his pants, pulls his big wad out, and smacks Renegade with it. And pins him one, two, three. He does the tape things. What I'm getting at his wad of tape. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of that. And then we get a really shitty spring stampede horseman commercial. Ric Flair is a cowboy. Art Anderson's a cowboy. Chris Benoit is a cowboy. Mango. Mango. That would be Chris Catan. Chris Catan wasn't there. <laughs> Mongo is there, and it's like, we're the horsemen. We gotta ride off in, into the prairie. And they're like, okay. And it's just, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, flew in from Los Angeles, and my arms sure are tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is worse than Dead Eye Dick, and the guy's looking for the fuck, looking for Stan Hansen, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, Stan, we got this great gimmick. Okay, and then they showed him all the vignettes, and he was like, I quit. <laughs> this bullshit, I quit. <laughs> I, yeah. I quit. <laughs> so they never find him, because Stan Hansen was like, absolutely not. You are not putting me with Black Barton, dead-eyed dick. Yeah. <laughs> I am out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like he didn't even try to be like my horse is sick. No. He was like this is fucking trash and I'm leaving. <laughs> and who's going to stop him? <laughs> anyway, so we get this shitty spring stampede horseman commercial. And then it's the amazing French Canadians versus the Steiners. This match is just long enough for them to talk about um the match coming up and then I wrote what he says right now. I wrote what somebody says on here because it's the difference between um, 
WWF and WCW. Because you know how like Sean and Hunter and all them would kind of like do little different things to kind of show um, Hall and Nash and Pac that they were like like talking to him or like you know they do like the mm-hmm. wolf or whatever kind of like the Carol Burnett tugging her ear they do yeah. that thing be like oh now they know Sean and or like they do it and then they know oh they'll Nash and Hall and Six know we're, we're hey love you brother you know what I mean the NWO is coming out and and Kevin Nash does the Wolfpack thing into the camera and just goes right back at you HBK <laughs> Sean nope. Michaels or Triple H never in their fucking wildest minds would have thought to look at the camera and be like, right back at you, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yeah, right back at you, outsiders. Yeah, because yeah. Vince McMahon would have been like, what the fuck was that? We're shutting this shit down right Let's now. Shut down. You can't <laughs> do this anymore. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. right back at you, HBK. And he goes like this, right back at you, HBK. <laughs> <laughs> like never would have happened if Vince McMahon was running as a fucking company. Yeah. Anyway, they're all piling out there because they're basically surrounding the ring for Randy Savage to wrestle Prince Iakea. Okay. Um. Um. So this thing's going on, and um. Macho Man basically just keeps hitting um, um, Prince Iakea with elbows. Like his Macho Man el- elbow drop. And he won't stop doing it. He keeps picking him up and they're just talking about it hurting the kid and this, that, and their thing. Then find, and this is why I'm saying they should have said like DDP was this guy's like mentor at the power plant or something because DDP then comes out. Mm-hmm. And um, tries to help, and actually gets some shots in on the NWO, and like surprises them with some stuff or whatever. But then it turns into just being um, uh, the NWO basically piling on to Page and beating him down, and and they give um, um, IAK a couple power bombs, and it ends with DDP and Prince IAK laid out in the NWO celebrating and doing their thing and that's basically how Nitro goes off the air. So I mean it wasn't a terrible Nitro, but it nothing it, it was I don't I don't want to say it was a nothing having a Nitro, but they're kinda kind of spinning their wheels going in the spring stampede. I think they've Raw definitely won the week. Yes, and I, they've kind of outstayed they're welcome a little bit with some of these some of these angles they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Raw was a better show. Like I said, Nitro wasn't terrible. Um, so next week we have another another round of Nitro and Raw before we get to Spring Stampede. So um, just looking forward to talking about those shows. Raw will still be in Illinois. Chilling in Illinois, and WCW will be in Roanoke. So we're looking forward to that. All right. So unless you have anything else, I'd like to get, thank everybody for listening. Get well, Archie. Yes. <laughs>